I think we should possibly move on because I can, yeah. and indeed in the past have, gone on for fucking hours about what an untalented wank H.P. Lovecraft was. So, yeah. like, maybe yeah. we should cut off um, Flame Skulls and yeah. go for something yeah. else. Yeah, mind you, I do have to say, while you roll and count up thing, if I had to bring any writer into the modern day, I would love to unleash Charles Dickens on the current Tory government. That'd be fucking good. How does I wonder how Dickens did feel about disabled rights. That's an interesting question. Hmm. I feel like he was probably in favour of at least some of them. Yeah, I mean, like he was he was a fairly socialist guy. Guy, like he's not. I think in that particular environment, quite a lot of um the complaints, the general complaints of the disabled, were caused by unsafe working conditions in like just the general yeah. um working class jobs that there were, which Dickens himself was very, very much not in favour of. So I think, like, if you highlighted that extension to him, he would probably be on board. Anyway, yeah, I uh, think so. our, our page anyway. is 269, where we will talk about the shadow, but since it's the same spread, I want to talk about the scarecrow as well. Okay. But yeah, shadows first. 269. Yeah. Like the, I want to say right now, the artwork for the shadows I, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's really, I love it. Really it's really good. creepy. Especially since, like, yeah. the, the the head is definitely a three-dimensional object, but, like, the rest of the shadow is just yeah. this sort of vague block colour. Like, it's a very hard line on the outside mm-hmm. of the shadow, but the, the hand, if you like, that's clasping over the guy's face is just this sort of vague mass of, of yeah. misty, smoky stuff. It's really, yeah. really good. I love it. It's great. I love it. Really good. <laughs> a plus to whoever... Because I, I know that they get... Presumably, they get different contributors because sometimes these art uh, these look I think different. There's there's more than there's more than but, one uh, artist, but I think this is a small number of of artists. Um, yeah, it's difficult to tell. I think like who exactly the artist on any given thing is. Um, yeah, I'll I'll try and find out while you talk a bit cool, about right, them. So shadows shadows have a challenge rating of half, and generally, if something has a challenge rating below one, it either means um, these are great to turn up when the party is split up. Or these need to turn up in large numbers. A challenge rating of half mm. generally means, you know, a group of level ones should be able to deal with two of them, so you should make three turn up, and then just keep going beyond that. Shadows are... So, given that we're supposed to believe shadows turn up in groups, I think the best yeah. um, analogy we can draw is Dementors in Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the shadows... I think are a little harder to see because they move around in darkness and they're like literally shadows. Um, yeah. Oh, hang on, hang on. Uh huh. The shadow reaches out to feed on living creatures' vitality. They can consume any living creature, but they are especially drawn to creatures untainted by evil. A creature that lives a life of goodness and piety consigns its basest impulses and strongest temptations to the darkness for the shadow's hunger. As a shadow drains its victim's strength and physical form, the victim's shadow darkens and begins to move of its own volition. In death, the creature's shadow breaks free, becoming a new undead shadow ready for more life to consume. Ah, this is these guys' deal. They make more of themselves out of your shadow. Oh, so uh, that can get very uh, that can be an explosion very quickly in a populated area. Um, So there's there's shades of uh, if you ever saw the 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 Doctor Who two parter with the Vashti Narada in it, that's. It's not exactly oh, yeah. the same sort of thing, but uh, it's it's that that sort of of uh, sort of nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. These ha- things have ri- a ridiculous number of damage resistances and immunities as well. So, like um, non-magical we- weapons, they have resistance again. They also have resistances against acid, cold, fire, lightning, bl- um, thunder. 
They don't require air, food, drink, or sleep. They cannot be damaged by necrotic or poison damage, and they can't be exhausted, frightened, grappled, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, prone, or restrained. They're sort of basically only semi... Yeah, like, that makes sense, because they're a shadow. So. Yeah, they're, they're a shadow. They're very, uh, they can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing. So I think they're trying as hard as they can in, in, in this start lock to be like, no, this is a shadow is attacking you. Um, yeah. They're harmed by sunlight, obviously, because those recruit there. They're not harmed by it, but they have disadvantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws while in it. Uh, while in dim yeah. light or darkness, they can take the hide action as a bonus action. So, well, obviously, right? Especially in darkness, where it's like, you can't even see the shadow. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Ooh! So yeah, these things are challenge level half, but they're still pretty nasty, because their only attack, again, is necrotic damage. Strength drain. They're on a hit. They have plus four to hit. Uh, they can only do it for one creature. It's a reach of five feet. Uh, if they hit, they do 2d6 plus 2 necrotic damage, and the targets... Oh! They drain your strength as well. These are very much glass cannons, then. They only have um, 3d8 plus 3 hit points, which averages at 6, and their armor class is 12, so they're ridiculously easy to hit mm -hmm. initially, provided you can actually do damage to them. But the strength... Every time they hit you, your strength score is reduced by 1d4. If your health or your yeah. strength are reduced to 0, you die. Yeah. they are. They are really... Like, they're just overall pretty creepy, yeah. and I, I love that about the Shadow. He's very menacing and... Yeah, obviously. Um, fairly low level, so it's like... Yeah. And it's like, um, obviously, the, the strength drain effects, you can sleep those off. If you finish a long rest, then the necrotic damage um, things... Actually, I, I wonder if um, I'm, I'm reading this wrong. Uh, I apologise if I have been reading this wrong and, like, the necrotic damage thing is actually specific to vampires and, like, it's not all necrotic damage that does that. I was pretty sure that was the case, but mm. we should maybe look that up at some point. Um, I'm very yeah. sorry uh, if, it, if it doesn't. But still, shadows have a way of reducing your strength, which is actually probably better because you can still die if that's reduced to zero, but it's a better long-term plan because that like your strength doesn't really go up hugely as you level whereas hit points increase fairly quickly as you level like you know you're up to level six or so you'll have quite a lot of hit points if you're a fighter but you'll still probably only have like 18 strength and if you get mobbed by shadows they can like destat you to death if a non-evil humanoid dies from strength drain a new shadow rises from the corpse 24 hours later so they have a lot of ways of making more of themselves out of player characters. Shadows are nasty. They're difficult to detect. They're difficult to hit. Their stats aren't great, but they have a lot of ways of making more of themselves out of you. Uh, they have a lot of resistances and immunities. They're vulnerable to radiant damage, obviously, because, you know, radiant damage is like light and the sun and stuff. So use that against them. Scorching Ray is... is uh, Is it Scorching Ray? Not Scorching Ray. Um, yeah. Sacred Unfortunately, flame. I couldn't. I've I've been trying to find out who the specific artist for this bit of artwork is. It's actually really difficult. There's actually also quite a few artists in this monster oh, manual. A lot of the art which, is very very similar. Yeah, if you go if you go at the front, there's a there's a decent amount of them. Um, I assume some of them will also be like colorists and stuff like that, which is how they've kind of made some of the artwork look. I imagine that this uniform. artist probably has a deviant art. So if we could actually like search for the image, we would probably be yeah. able to to find that, and then we would know who the artist yeah. is. Uh, if I find that out after we've recorded this podcast, I'll put it in the description because that'd be cool. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we'll we'll try and give credit for most of the artwork we talk about in detail as well. Um, I think. Yeah, if, if we that, if we actually compliment fair, the art, it'd be nice to say. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The scarecrow. 
Alternatively, if we if we don't find out and we say that we haven't found out in the comment below, and you know, tell yeah, us. And then then we'll put it in. And we'll add that. Let's talk yeah. about the scarecrow. I yep. fucking love the scarecrows. All right. <laughs> They're so silly, but there's something so unbelievably creepy about them. I think it's that um it's sort of the same feeling kind of attached to mannequins and dolls, yeah, isn't it, and really? It, Except this one actually and it's that moves. vague uncanny valley thing in that there's this sort of thing that yeah. you know is supposed to like represent a human being but only does so in the most basic sense um mm. so i used scarecrows yeah. recently um in dawn somber there is an equivalent of halloween it's called harvest night and the idea of harvest night is that it's the first day of the second month of autumn and in the Dawn Summer calendar, there are only two months every season because the months are defined as being half of a season. Like you have one month that's like mm. going into the height of a season and then one month that's coming out of it. And it's like, okay, Harvest Night is the first day of Soil Feast. And the idea of Harvest Night is, ostensibly, it was first used by farmers who to remind themselves that they needed to have all their crops in by then. Because I don't know shit about farming and I don't know if that's an appropriate thing to do in the middle of autumn. Well, you know, like there is sort of the idea of like, there are, like, pumpkins are ready in October. Mm. That's a thing pumpkins are ready for. So I suppose if there was squash growing farmers a lot all over Don Somba, yeah, the that would work. Like squash and stuff is, fruit. Is like, you know, yeah. also, I don't think it's particularly unreasonable. It just might not be the exact oh, point yeah, where yeah. that sort of thing needs to happen. But also I think their yeah. year is a different length, so it's all fucked anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, right, so, so Harvest Night, like, one thing that is definitely the case in the Dawn Somba canon is... There's all these myths in Harvest Night about, like, it's difficult to swing Halloween in a setting where, like, ghosts and demons and uh, evil spirits and stuff are things that both exist and that people know exist. But it's more um, Harvest Night is, like, the night when they are at their strongest, where they, yeah. they, they receive a boost of, uh, of, of power and they roam the, the, uh, the, the, the world looking for, for things. So, so yeah. Harvest, Harvest Night is... Well, that's uh, a lot of the thing. Not necessarily Halloween itself, because I know Hallow's Eve is about something to do with Christianity. I honestly didn't pay attention in mm. church school. <laughs> church but, school. Uh, yeah. Um, but I know that uh, Sa- Samhain, I hope I'm saying that right, Samhain? Samhain? I know that that's, like, the idea behind that is it's the- when the line between our realm and the spirit realm are at their weakest, and therefore demons and spirits and stuff cross mm. over and you must protect yourself against them by dressing up in costumes so you can trick them into thinking you're a spirit well the deal i i know what the the, the christian explanation is which is that the yeah. day immediately after november the first is all hallows day which is all saints day which is like yeah. the day of celebration oh, yeah. for all saints so halloween all hallows eve is the night that all of the uh, the horrible demons and, and evil spirits that have been festering the whole year come out and run away from the yeah. saints whose day is the next day. Which, mm. now that I actually say it out in words, doesn't make a huge amount of sense, so you can imagine that's probably the reason why it's so easy to believe that it did in fact supplant a more sense-making pagan festival. Yeah. But scarecrows are so good. They um, are, though, yeah. So, there's a lot of ways you could do run with these. They're only challenge level one, they're fairly easy to deal with. Um, a scarecrow is animated by the bound spirit of a slain evil creature, granting it purpose and mobility. It is this uncanny presence from beyond death that allows a scarecrow to inspire fear to those it gazes upon. Hags and witches often bind scarecrows with the spirits of demons, but any evil spirit will do. 
Although aspects of the spirit's personality might surface, a scarecrow's spirit do doesn't recall the memories it had as a creature, and its will is focused solely on serving its creator. If its creature creator dies, the spirit inhabiting a scarecrow either continues to follow its last commands, seeks revenge for its creator's death, or destroys itself. Scarecrows do not mm. require air, food, drink, or sleep. Mm. I do have a thing in general about a lot of the constructs in this. I think another one that I really like along with the scarecrow is um, the animated armor. Mm. Um, which I also used recently, mm -hmm. um, but that that's kind of Lucian Bartello's calling card is constructs. Um, but yeah, that's the thing that was so good about these uh, scarecrows was that the scenario that I did was set in like um, not a moor, but like a, a set of rolling fields with a tiny farmhouse yeah. in a valley, and there were scarecrows yeah. fucking everywhere. And like <laughs> the players were a little. It's weird, because I want to say this in the kind of tone of voice where you say, you're a little old for that, right? No, the players were a little high level to be menaced by a scarecrow. So instead, yeah. I did the Grandmother's Footsteps monster. <laughs> uh, and indeed, scarecrows are really good for this, because they have false appearance. While the scarecrow remains motionless, yeah. it is indistinguishable from an ordinary inanimate scarecrow. The Grandmother's yeah. Footsteps monster is amazing, and it's one of the best tools in your toolbox for doing a spooky um, scenario. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, I'm sure everybody yeah. is aware of, like, uh, Slenderman and um, <laughs> SCP, whatever it is, the, the big baby statue yeah. that snaps your neck in the dark, and Stephen Moffat's yeah. Weeping Angels from Doctor Who. All of that yeah. shit. Um, I think there's another one as well of... Um... There's like that, that urban legend on the internet that goes around, like, oh, if you look at a picture of her on the internet... When you turn around, she'll like stab you in the neck with scissors because she'll be standing right behind you. But just specifically, if you read this mm. legend, so if you look around, she'll kill you. But if you don't look, she yeah, won't kill you. But eventually, shit. you're going to have yeah. to look. Yeah. The thing that is motionless when you look at it, but only when you look at it, is a really, really good horror technique. It's, it is. It's that's really honestly, scary. I think, why so many people believe that. Um, don't uh, that Blink is the best of Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who episodes before he became showrunner. And honestly, I think yeah. it is as well. It has its own problems. It, but yeah. The Weeping Angels, when they first turned up, just in Blink, were so, so good as a scary yeah. monster. I think what helps with the Weeping Angels as well is they're so quick. And also, they also look terrifying as well mid-run at you both of That's like... the thing. They have two expressions, and both of them are terrifying. Like, there's one yeah. that's just completely stony-faced, if you pardon the accidental pun, um, yeah. where they, they just have the expression that a sculptor would put on, like, a statue of an angel. And they're just, yeah. they're obviously moving, but, like, that, that face, it's just a human face with, like, no pupils in the yeah. eyes or anything. And then they have the face that the angel that's right on top of the main characters makes, which is just yeah. frozen in mid-scream. With, like, fangs yeah. and, and... Yeah, and the in-universe expl explanation for that is so good, because it's... The weeping angel always has the appearance of a weeping mm. angel, right? But the claws and the fangs and the angry expression are there because your brain knows that danger is happening, so the illusion is dropping slightly, because you know they're supposed to be a dangerous But your creature. brain doesn't really, like, understand... The the context of the yeah. danger, so it tries to embellish the image that you're seeing with like things that you will understand as being visions yeah. of danger. 
you know. And then Stephen Moffat fucked a doll in the ass episodes later when, yeah. you know, cause the idea of the whipping angel is they're only an angel when you look at them. We don't actually, we're not actually supposed to know what a weeping angel looks like. And that's why Stephen Moffat making the Statue of Liberty was fucking stupid. Making so the Statue problem. of Liberty a weeping angel was fucking stupid. We're not going to talk about Stephen, Stephen Moffat, Moffat anymore because we've done that on previous podcasts and it created so many supplementary episodes. Oh, uh, God. I guess, but look, he really is the greatest monster we'll discuss on this podcast. Boom! Fucking <laughs> Went wrecked. for it. Anyway, <laughs> scarecrows have that same deal, and that's that's how I did them. I was like, I, I tried to slow burn it by making it that because the players didn't tell me that they were like noting the position of the scarecrows or anything, I was like, maybe the scarecrows have moved. You're not entirely sure. And then like it became harder yeah. and harder to hide the fact that the scarecrows were all basically like bunching around the farmhouse. And yeah. I was later going to have like a thing where like when they were upstairs, they would hear a smashing noise from downstairs and they come downstairs yeah. and there's like a corner of the front door has been completely smashed in and there are just like five scarecrows standing on the doorstep outside completely motionless. Yeah. That sort of thing. Like, yeah. you really, really have to have a grandmother's footsteps of a monster if you want to make it like a spooky um, scenario, I think, because yeah. you've, you've got to have that kind of slow burning horror it's so so good but i do think another idea behind constructs to kind of yeah grandmother's footsteps mm. awesome but also someone has to make a construct mm. right that itself is scary i think like someone's went i'm going to create these horrible monsters to prevent these people from reaching their mm -hmm. goal and that itself can be quite scary especially if you don't know and the thing about scarecrows them. that i think makes them so scary in that particular regard is they're fucking scarecrows. In terms of, like, generating humanoid figure constructs, they are one of the easiest to mass produce. You need a bunch yeah. of old clothes or just some rags and some kind of stuffing yeah. material. Yeah. I feel like we should probably talk about um, flesh golems next, because I feel like they're the hardest human-like constructs to create, being that you need lots of dead bodies to make them. Sure, we can talk about those. Um, so, yeah, just briefly, yeah. scarecrows have an ability that allow them to scare people uh, mm -hmm. oh, the, well, well, the dc on the saving throw is pretty low but if uh if they encounter mm. a scarecrow at level one your player's probably going to be in a pretty big bind oh and the the fright effect is paralysis so yeah yeah they have quite a number of, of condition mm. immunities as well they can't be charmed exhausted frightened paralyzed poisoned or knocked unconscious so that's pretty cool and they have resistance to non-magical weapons which on a like challenge rating one corporeal monster is uh kind of you know, unexpected, I would say. But sure, let's talk yeah. about flesh golems. Page 169 mm. for those following along at home. Oh, yeah. These are pretty gruesome looking dudes to start off with. Like, the monster yeah. manual definitely gets the... Uh... He's got this lopsided face. Yeah. Um, there's, like, yeah. stitching all over the body. Um, mm. There's bits of it that... It's, it's all the same colour, but there's, there's bits yeah. of it that are, like the wrong size proportionally and it's kind of difficult to tell because it might just yeah. be that he's lurching towards the the viewer but yeah. i i think his left but arm i, I think that is, is much larger than his right yeah i think that is meant to be the intent isn't it mm. i think it's um it's good that the scientist creating this decided to color match him i think that was very mm. kind because he could have decided to not give a shit because i think especially in the fantasy universe you can just stick bits of golem and dwarf together without like not golem Orc and dwarf together without any real consideration mm. for uh, and even like different what goes humans. together. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
At least he decided to call a match it, you know. Anyway. Now, um, okay, obviously... They, are, they don't have a very... Yeah. Obviously, the, the thing this is most supposed to invoke is um, Frankenstein, right? Yeah. These are the most Ravenlofty of all the Ravenloft monsters I personally feel, because I think there's nothing more gothic than Frankenstein. That's my yeah, opinion. I think, I think uh, if, if anybody listens to uh, Mark Rosewater's um, Drive to Work podcast and the series that he did on the development... Uh, philosophy behind Innistrad, you'll remember that he talked about um, how he realised there's two kinds of zombies, and the blue kind of zombies are this kind of thing, like the the flesh golems, the Frankenstein's, the that sort of of undead horror kind of of of, of thing. So it's it's mm. it, it is definitely a very like Ravenlofty Innistrad kind of, of of thing. Yeah. But the pull quote here also puts you in mind of um, grave diggers. And of um, yeah. Burke and Hare and who was the um, the scientist that they were supplying? Someone Knox, wasn't uh, was it? Knox? I know it was a very, very, like, yes, this guy probably did. Um, like, I'm certain it was Dr. Knox because Cause it was in Glasgow, it's one of those it? very super villain sounding names. I think it was Edinburgh. Edinburgh because they had a, yeah, because it was like what he was doing yeah. was technically not illegal. Unless it could be proved that he no, was yeah. using Robert Knox, that was his name, right? Um, Doctor Robert, Robert Knox, Knox yeah. was a Scottish. Doctor Robert Knox was a Scottish an- anatomist, zoologist, anthologist, and doctor. He was most popular lecturer of anatomy in Britain, where he introduced the theory of transcendental anatomy. But is now best known for his involvement in the Burke and Hare murders. Difficulty in containing cadavers for dissection after the passage of the Anatomy Act and disagreements with professional colleagues ruined his career, and a move to London did not improve matters. See, that's the thing. It was the Burke and Hare murders. Robert Knox became high profile because Burke and Hare were actually killing people to supply his his, uh, dissections. Whereas he thought... I don't actually know if he did indeed think this, but I'm pretty sure that he must have thought that they were grave robbing for him, which was also yeah. illegal, but presumably not as heavily enforced as literally murdering people to fuel anatomy lectures. Mm. Yeah. Like... He were, I mean, I, I mean, he must have gotten... Because he must have been like, you guys really turn around these dead bodies really quite quickly, and there are very, very fresh stab marks I'm, on this. I'm ve- anyway, time to set up this anatomy lecture. I believe it is possible, just possible, he must, that he Knox must have didn't, had a didn't know that... I, I believe it is possible that Knox didn't know that they were murdering people, but he 100%, if he didn't know they were murdering people, knew that he was contracting them the to, bodies were to be obtained illegally. either grave-snatching or gallow-snatching. Yeah. Gallow snatching was kind of weird because I think in some places, like if the crime committed by the criminal was sufficient, they were just like handed over for like dissection because it was like they don't deserve a proper yeah. burial. Well, that is what happened eventually to Burke and Hare, isn't it? Uh, I believe I'm it happened certain. to one of them at least. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's that's definitely. I think it was Burke yeah. actually. Yeah, I'd say this was um, off topic, but no, I mean, because we're is, talking about right serial r- killers. This is cool. It's kind of, well, right on topic, basically. This is this is really cool. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the flesh golem is that kind of Birkenhair, Frankenstein. Um, what has science done, kind of thing? It's, it's really good. Yes. Oh, I guess technically, what has magic? Do- I mean, if you're in a fantasy setting, it's magic uh, that's doing the this. The fun thing about or science magic, magical uh, science. 
I'm, I'm trying to see, like, do uh, flesh golem. A flesh golem is a grisly assortment of humanoid body parts stitched and bolted together into a muscled brute imbued with formidable strength. Its brain is capable of simple reason, though its thoughts are no more sophisticated than those of a young child. The golem's muscle tissue responds to the power of lightning, invigorating the creature with vitality and strength. Powerful enchantments protect the golem's skin, deflecting spells and all but the most potent weapons. A flesh golem lurches with a stiff-jointed gait as if not in complete control of its body. Its dead flesh isn't an ideal container for an elemental spirit, which sometimes howls incoherently to vent its outrage. If the spirit breaks free of its creator's will, the golem goes berserk until calmed, or until its shell of flesh is destroyed or completely healed. Okay. Yep, it's magic. Magic, magic is mentioned <laughs> like as being yeah. like you know powerful enchantments protect its skin. Yeah. But come on. Well, golems. Lightning. Go- golems are made from humble materials and they possess astonishing power and durability. But one requires a manual of golems, uh, comprehensive illustrations and instructions, manual of detail in the process of creating a golem for this particular, like, particular type. And or and then an elemental spirit, so it must it has to be an element. There's got to be a spirit well, of yes, some kind in there. That's that's the technical explanation for how it works. But look at the flesh golem description. Um, the golem's muscle tissue responds to the power of lightning, invigorating the creature yeah, with vitality and strength. Yeah. If the spirit breaks free of its creator's will, the golem goes berserk until calmed, or until its shell of flesh is destroyed or completely healed. The yeah. flesh golem is supposed to be Frankenstein's monster. They are, they it are is giving supposed you to be Frankenstein. We know it's supposed to be, to be like, Frankenstein. This is Frankenstein's monster. You know it's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. We know it's Frankenstein's monster. Just whatever. Yeah. If your players ask, here is the bullshit, but it's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Which is maybe not fair to Frankenstein's but, yeah. monster, which is actually like pretty cognizant of many of the things that happen to it, and that's... Yeah, actually, I think what makes uh, Frankenstein's monster so scary is that he's very aware, actually, and he is yeah. going to enact that, that his fuels most of the conflict on in the Victor, book itself, no matter what. Right? Yeah. But anyway. I mean, if anyone's ever watched Penny Dreadful, um, Caliban is terrifying in that, and he's um, Frankenstein's monster. He's absolutely terrifying. Mm. Um, like, he just straight up punches a guy's heart out, and that's his introductory scene. It's so the flesh awesome. Okay, uh, this thing has pretty stiff penalties on dexterity, intelligence, and definitely charisma. Of yeah, course so it would, yeah. Then... They're not, they're not a, he's not, a, he's not an attractive not guy, and yeah, he's not you know, particularly dexterous either. He's, you know, he's there as the big monster, isn't he, really? Mm. He is, All right. you know, he is the, he's the act of a desperate sure. man. I mean, definitely, he's, he's supposed to be... Uh, Maybe, yeah. Like a science monster, but okay. So, really high strength for something with challenge level, challenge rating 5. Armor class is 9 because he's basically not wearing any armor at all and he's constructed entirely of flesh. Yeah. Um, Presu- presumably if he was given proper armor, he'd have higher armor class. It de- I guess it depends on whether he's just been made or yeah. not. I feel he might have difficulty fitting into armor, though, because he has such weird proportions. Yeah. Um, right, so he's immune to lightning and poison damage. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. and uh, immune to damage from non-magical weapons that aren't adamantine. He is yeah. immune to being charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, and poisoned. So difficult to deal with, I think, without magical weapons. Yeah. I think definitely for challenge level five. Yeah, challenge level five is you know, around the point where you, like, maybe one person in the party has a magical weapon, and it's not a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's that's di- that's tricky. Yeah. Oh, but challenge level five. If the golem takes fire damage, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the end of its next turn. So fire is um. evidently the uh, 
the way the way to deal with this 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 thing. Um, it has immutable form. The golem is immune to any spell or effect that would alter its form, which I would say would be in some kind of flavor. Except all golems have that. If you if you actually yeah. like look back or forward in yeah. the, um, the the bit of the, of the manual, yeah. like everything yeah. in the golem section has immutable form. Yeah, I will say this as a thing when you say golem. Like, obviously, this is what the monster manual calls them, but I know I, and I, I think Al- Alex I, doesn't particularly yeah, if, agree with the fact that they're called golems. Yeah, it's like, the problem is, um, a while back when I first considered this, I remembered, like, a really cool word to call them instead that doesn't really have any um, issues with, like, being a um, vaguely anti-Semitic reference to a... Jewish traditional story that isn't really about like horrific monsters, um, but I can't remember yeah. what the what the the. I name is. I mean, normally I just call them flesh constructs. That's always what I, I always substitute the word golem with con- like clay con- construct, stone construct. The thing that I like with this particular uh, uh, range of monsters is that very often it's not really necessary to name them because they will be turning up yeah. in a particular con- con- context, like. The stone golem. Yeah. Like most cases, those are going to be statues that came to life, so you can just call them statues. Iron golems aren't yeah. robots, but they look enough like them in the illustration, yeah. and they'll probably turn off in similar enough um, context that you can just uh-huh. say that. Flesh golem. Everybody's yeah. going to call it Frankenstein's monster anyway, so you know. Yeah. And you're going to be like, it's not Frankenstein's monster. There's no Frankenstein here, and they're going to be like, yeah, but what mm. is it though? Yeah. And you're going to be like... So, this guy has magic... Oh, magic resistance. He has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Uh, He absorbs lightning damage. Nice. When he's subjected to lightning damage, he takes no damage and instead regains a number of hit points equal to the lightning damage dealt. (laughs) It's fucking Frankenstein's monster. It's Frankenstein's monster. I I do have to say this. It's interesting how he's the weakest of all the golem monsters. um, Yeah, but the thing is, like, but that that kind of works, I think. If you if you look at um, for a start, they're all large, and he's medium. Like he's the yeah. size, he's, he's roughly medium, the size yeah. of a human being. Whereas like the the clay one and the yeah. iron one and the stone one are all pretty fucking huge. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that he would be the weakest, I think, despite that he has that pretty sick yeah. lightning absorbing ability. Uh, and he also yeah. has berserk, uh, which is oh yeah. shit, yeah. Fun thing about berserk is you can't avoid it. Unless you can deal more than 40 damage to this thing at once. Because yeah. whenever the golem starts its turn with 40 hit points or fewer, roll a d6. On a 6, the golem goes berserk. On each of its turns mm. while berserk, the golem attacks the nearest creature it can see. If no creature is near enough to move to and attack, it attacks an object with preference for an object smaller than itself. Once it goes berserk, it continues to do so until it is destroyed or regains all its hit points. Its creator, yeah. if within 60 feet, can try and calm it by speaking firmly and persuasively. The golem must be able to hear its creator, who must make an action to make a DC 15 charisma persuasion check. If the check succeeds, it ceases being berserk. If it takes damage while still at 50, 40 hit points or fewer, it might go berserk again. So mm. that's pretty scary. Um, yeah. I say pretty scary, but that's kind of... If you actually look at what the, the words it say is, it's only really scary if... The golem is otherwise doing things that do not constitute an immediate danger to members of the party. Because, like, yeah, if it goes berserk and it starts attacking people and it wasn't previously attacking people, I don't know why it would get down to below 40 hit points if that was the case, but, uh, you know, it might. Hmm. It might. Hmm. I guess you could have, because, I mean, they're neutral, so it all depends on the moral alignment 
of the creator. So I guess you could just have a fleshed golem who's just kind of hanging out. If it breaks free of its creator's like, will, then it goes berserk until yeah. calmed. Like that's that it 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 has to go berserk then. So if it went berserk once yeah. and killed its creator, which would be in flavor, then it yeah. would just like be berserk the whole time and keep attacking yeah. until it was killed, which for challenge level 5 is like, eh, yeah, you know, maybe maybe it would kill you. Um, cool. I think another thing about flesh golems, though, if we could just mm. quickly finish it. I think the scary bit of a flesh golem is their construction, though, isn't it, really? And the idea that it might be you, dear player, who has been selected for the uh, process of being a part mm. of something bigger than yourself. There's um, definitely that whole, like, desecration of graves thing, which I, I think is why grave robbing is brought up. Um yeah. That sort of aversion we have to like yeah. the uh, contravention of like the wholeness of of the body. Um, mm. In terms of like why Frankenstein's monster is scary, obviously it's ridiculously ugly, uh, and also yeah. it's considerably larger than a normal human being, so it sort of presents this mm. uh, sort of immediate present danger. But it's not like it doesn't menace. Yeah. I don't think in the way that like something yeah. weirdly alien and pointy would. Yeah. I think there's definitely some scariness to it from the fact that, you know, it's the the fact that it's childlike as well and that it's not particularly intelligent, it lumbers around, that's quite scary. Mm. The idea that it's technically a fairly innocent creature but has great power yeah. is quite unsettling. Well, again, in Frankenstein, one of the reasons that the monster was angry was that even though it, ocu- it like operated at a higher... Uh, intellectual level than than this it was aware that it was essentially a child that there were a lot of things that it didn't understand about the world and that it's like the nature of its existence was preventing it from being able to understand and it was really angry at frankenstein for that yes that's kind of its deal yeah it's like hey victor you dick yeah victor frankenstein's a dick fight me 1v1 or i'll kill everyone you love we maybe want to do just a couple more yeah we'll do a couple more Go random, yeah. Um, and the, and then I'll talk about like a couple of things from the second edition Monster Manual. Um, yeah. Let's let's go random. How many do we have now? I mean, I'd like to discuss werewolves and stuff like that. That would be good. And then we'll all just right, pick we'll, a random we'll one. Random, and if it's not then. werewolves, then we'll do like werewolves as the uh, the second one that we do. Uh, yeah. Right. Page forty-four. The cr- oh, the crawling, crawling, the crawling claw. claw. Yeah, I think, I think I put this one forward as a monster that is scary initially, because yeah, I think scary. most people would have overlooked it. But I went, it's a hand. Well, this is thing. <laughs> that it's, is creepy. It's, it's a crawling claw. It crawls. It's a hand that it and it crawls. It's kind of like a spider in that respect, like a really big, yeah, horrible spider. Except kind of worse because it's a hand that's been removed from someone. Hand, yes. Yeah. Technically, it's worse. According to the the flavor text, um, it has to be a murderer's hand. I'm not entirely sure why. Nice. <laughs> no, I I kind of get what the law where that comes mm. from. Like maybe it's part of the original um, name. Oh, it's immune to effects that can turn undead. I like it already. It has challenge levels challenge rating <laughs> zero, but I presume that like its whole deal is that it's more of a technical monster in that it's not incredibly powerful and it can be pretty easily killed, but it like menaces like yeah. it's going to wrap itself around someone's throat and try and choke them to death yeah or that it's just kind of because it's tiny so it's something that you could overlook initially yeah. or hey 
You walk into the necromancer's lair. Wow, there are a lot of hands here. You wait around a bit, you look around a bit, you get some information. You come back to the room. Where have all those hands gone? <laughs> Surprise! They're this above you has, and they're all going to choke you to death. This thing has 1d4 hit points. So you can pretty much instantly kill it, kill it by hitting it at all. I think yeah. I know what the what the crawling claw is for. The crawling claw, like it has all this lore, if you want, um, about like you know mm. why it exists and why it might come after you. No, the crawling yeah. claw is a template for a very specific horrifying scenario. Some of the people listening may have played the uh, free and very obtuse video game Dwarf Fortress. In Dwarf Fortress, there are certain environments which are termed evil. In evil environments, um. Things don't stay dead. And in particularly evil environments, bits of things don't stay dead. Like, it actually becomes very, very difficult to, like, do, like, to create a fortress in, an ev- like, a very evil environment because not only is it really fucking evil and there's horrible monsters around everywhere, but, like, any time a dwarf dies, their corpse comes back to life and, like, a- another dwarf will try and, like, stop them and just, like, hack their corpse into pieces and then the pieces will come back to life and there's just, like, intestines and shit just, like, writhing around after you trying to choke you and stuff like that. And I think the yeah. Crawling Claw is basically a template for body parts that have reanimated of their own accord, which... Ah, Which is yes, excellent yes. if you want to do like a very, very heavy undead um, Halloween scenario. Um, yeah. Um, I just want to read the flavor text a bit because mm-hmm. uh, I, I like it. Makes you wonder what can be done with all those other murderer parts, doesn't oh, there it? There you go. Basically confirmation. There you go. That's exactly yeah. what, they, what they were trying to do. Because these are pretty good stats, I think, for like any yeah. self ambulatory, like isolated <laughs> body part yeah. that is undead. Yeah, I, I, you can kind of change claw to an appropriately, you know, melee attack, like kick or um, hmm. bite or sneeze. Um, yeah. Lick, um, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, man, imagining opening up a jar of tongues and it's all like undead reanimated uh, tongues. And there's like a key in the bottom that you have to get. No. Oh, uh, uh, they're looking at me. Uh. They're all wrapped around. Uh, you pull your you pull your arm out with the key, and like all of the tongues are just wrapped around your like forearm, and you're like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh God, no. Yeah, I kind of want to draw that as uh, the the art of um for this episode. Now we'll see if but that yeah, happens. You, That'd you, be good. Like, I think the claw attack works just as well for like you being garroted mm. by like intestines or something of that oh, sort. Oh man, yeah. Or like. Um, yeah. you being clasped onto by like a lower face that's just a jaw, or something yeah. of that sort. So yeah, crawling claw, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, is a template for isolated body parts that are still attacking you, and uh, you totally should yeah. use it as such. Especially yeah. like, since its challenge rating of zero makes it basically free to just make it so that oh, because then you could have like your players would would try and switch exclusively to bludgeoning weapons. Even if they hadn't like met any skeletons yet, because they'd be like, "Yeah, we have to use bludgeoning weapons and kill through like contusions or whatever." Because if we chop up the bodies, then the bits of the bodies will come back to life, and then they do that, and the bodies yeah. come back to life anyway. And it's just, Ugh. yeah, Ugh. yeah, that's, that's that's horrible. Um, mm-hmm. all right, let's do wear creatures because I think we're we're running out of time, and I still want to get. We love, we love, we love. Yeah, I will say this: I am someone who is a personally. I prefer werewolves and lycanthropes for my kind of gothic, you know, 
fantasy creatures. That that's that's what I'm all about. I do like um, how um the way it's presented generally, like the sort of general milieu surrounding like the uh the myths right, make um vampires a very upper class monster and werewolves a very mm. like working class monster, if you get my drift. Maybe that's maybe, what maybe it that is, is yeah. like what why why you like them. It's like Yeah. I'm like, oh man, these bourgeois mm. vampires and it's keeping us common werefolk down. It's like, um, yeah, loads of stories about werewolves have them being like ordinary people who get turned and yeah. and men. Because that's the thing, isn't it? Quite a lot of those stories are like, there's a horrible giant wolf menacing my lands. I am the lord of the manor and shit, and it's probably some peasant who's turned into a, a werewolf. Whereas, like, the vampire is yeah. is. I am the lord of the manor, and I am the vampire, and I have a huge amount of control <laughs> yeah. over you that I'm going to abuse because I want to drink do your you blood. Think, yeah, do you think? Do you think that's why? Uh, that that must be why werewolves and vampires fight. It's a class <laughs> obviously, war, it is. That's, you know, like yeah. I mean, obviously that's the, not the case in canon, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was like the initial reason yeah. in terms of like literary theme that it was a class yeah, war. Yeah, I'm now. I'm now actually. I'm now actually really tempted to make vampires a thing in two earth just so i can have that scenario if anybody <laughs> wants to link if you've ever found any excellent i'm sure uh, meta on vampires versus werewolves as a metaphor for class struggles please do send it to my tumblr or to my twitter because i would be really interested in reading that i love this idea yeah i i think i think that's that definitely has to be a scenario for two earth i think you get you get hired by a vampire to, to eliminate the werewolves or you, or you get <laughs> inducted into a werewolf gang werewolf who are like trying to fight yeah. the power <laughs> yeah to stick it to the man yeah yeah i i really think that that has to have come into it at some point. Okay, Lycanthropes. Yeah. As- especially because, like, look, Two Earths weird. Alex mm-hmm. knows it. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... I think you've got... Um, I think maybe, yeah? like, we want to talk about Lycanthropes in general very briefly, and then skip to Werewolves, because obviously, yeah. like, Werewolves are the yeah. scariest and they're the ones that people want to hear about. Yeah. I think I think we all know that um, it's very easy to... I think being a lycanthrope, it's one of the easiest things to actually become. Oh yeah, um, the pro, the pro- <laughs> like character-wise, because I am an arachnothrope, because mm. I, t- well, Jays, because yeah. he turns, they turn into a spider, were spider. And there was a character in my other game who is a were crocodile. The fun thing about yeah. um, th- this, I will recommend right now. Look at the lycanthrope um, rules in the uh, monster manual. Lycanthropes are one of the most easily templated monsters because yep. they have essentially one rule when it comes to turning players into them, and that rule is ridiculously easy to convert over. Yeah. The rule is this when a player character uh, is hit by an attack that carries the curse of lycanthropy, they must succeed on a constitution saving throw, DC 8 plus the lycanthropes proficiency bonus and the lycanthropes constitution mm-hmm. modifier. Or be cursed. If the character embraces the curse, his or her alignment becomes the one defined for the lycanthrope. You can basically ignore this if you want to be like sympathetic to lycanthropes yeah. in your game, or maybe you do want to take it away from them. But yeah, here's the thing: uh, the DM is free to decide that a change in alignment places the character under DM control until the curse of lycanthropy is removed. So you have that power as a DM. I chose not to because I'm like player characters as lycanthropes. They're probably going to be able to keep it under control, and if they don't, that's going to be interesting as a as a, a story. Yeah. Thing. So. Yeah, I th- I think as well. Here's the thing about being a lycanthrope: it's the duality between the beast and mm-hmm. the person, isn't it? That's the conflict that it comes into. Like 
people like to play around with like human feeling vampires having human feelings no fuck that because that's what werewolves are about that's werewolves things oh, werewolves okay? are basically anger it's, management metaphor aren't they yeah it's it's about you know they must control their animalistic urges and their id in conflicts of what is them as a human mm-hmm. and, and who are they really are they the beast or are they are they the man that's their thing. It's not, am I a vampire or am I a human? Fuck off, you're a vampire, okay? And once you're a vampire, you're a vampire and you do vampire yeah. things. But a werewolf isn't always a werewolf. They're a part-time monster. Vampires are, like, a lot more in control of their, like, whole deal. So it's like when a vampire is like, oh, I'm a yeah. vampire or am I a human? I'm like, honestly, mate, that's that's your decision. Like, you're a vampire, but if you yeah. want to act as close to human as possible and make moral decisions, you can do that. You have the power to do that. The werewolf is like... Yeah. can exert maybe some control, but it's really, really at the mercy of, like, their biology. And I yeah. think also, like, in more sympathetic space, werewolves are used a lot in fiction to explore the positive aspects of, like, shape-changing as a modifier on um, human experience. Yeah. Especially you know, with things like, puberty, the, things like the, the were-rat here. Um, yeah. The were-rat is not really the same as the, these others, so you'd be like, they'd, they'd be running in a pack yeah. in a sewer or something, and that's... that's Okay, yeah. so the thing I was going to mention is there is one rule that applies to lycanthropes, which is that each lycanthrope has a focus stat. Uh, mm. And this focus stat is... Um, oh, hang on. Yeah, uh, it, has, it has a focus stat. And the focus stat, they have a threshold for it. And if a character that gets turned into that particular kind of wear creature has that stat lower than the threshold, that stat is immediately raised to the threshold. If it isn't, mm. Then it isn't lowered, but you know it's it's so it's like for instance the uh, the were bear has a strength yeah its focus stat is strength and the threshold is nineteen yeah if you get turned into a were bear mm. and this happens the moment you get turned into a were bear like even if you haven't transformed <laughs> yet like basically the moment yeah. that the curse seeps into your veins if you have yeah. a uh, strength that is lower than nineteen your strength becomes nineteen this is honestly. Yeah the one reason that I would caution against like being completely lenient about turning players into um, were-creatures is that it's basically a straight upgrade mechanically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, so it if is. if you are going to do that, yeah. then play up the whole um, beast form causing problems thing quite hard because there has to be yeah. sort of a counterpoint to what is otherwise yeah. just an improvement. <laughs> I, I do kind of imagine like if you get savaged by a were-bear, which honestly... If you got savaged by a werebear, be you probably to get deserved savaged. it because they're neutral good. They are neutral good, yeah. So it's like I, I yeah. do like the fact that werebears yeah. are neutral good because it's just like you know, yeah, they're nice and they will cuddle you. And I like to think that um, <laughs> werebears are actually oh. based off Bjorn from the Hobbit, who yeah. was not a lycanthrope, I think, yeah, they probably but are. was a shape changer who turned yeah. into a bear. And I think that's probably where they're yeah. being like templated from. Yeah, yeah, but and anyway. But like anyway, but there's that that kind of like scene like where Peter Parker wakes up in um the Spider-Man movie, not the Amazing Spider-Man, just like the Spider-Man Toby, movie oh. is made by yeah Tobey Maguire, where like he wakes Spider-Man up Maguire. after he's okay. bit bit yeah. and like like he's and he like looks in the mirror and he's like, whoa, I got super buff in my sleep, dang, like I kind of like the player waking up and then just like looking in the mirror and is like, oh my god, I've got instant abs, what the hell, yeah. Mm. They're kind of like, what the heck? I've got 19 strength, what the fuck? So, for the um, five types of lycanthrope listed, the mm. 
Which, for some reason, jackals aren't included in this, which I find really weird. are a monster, but are not considered a lycanthrope. I think it's because yeah. jackals in 5th edition are jackals who turn into humans and not the other way around. Oh. Which is yeah. a bit weird. But, um... Yeah. So, of the, of the five lycanthropes listed, four of them have strength of various levels as a focus stat. The were-rat has dexterity. But you can template yeah. pretty much anything you like. I templated, uh, like, obviously yeah. there were rules for were-spiders in 2nd edition. I just made up rules for were-spiders when I converted that scenario to 5th uh, edition, because yeah. it's really easy. Their focus stat is dexterity, and one of the perks that they get is that they can spider-climb at will. That's yeah. pretty nice. Because, um, yeah, there are, like, other... Um, things that get given depending on the lycanthrope, you can probably make up some for, you know, what, whatever exactly yeah. you uh, want. Yeah. Anyway, let's do werewolves, because that's what people want to hear, yeah. I think. Yeah, let's let's talk about werewolves, right? Although I will say this, I really like were-tiger, the were-tiger picture. Yeah. Like, look guys, I'm not, I'm not a furry, okay? But I do want to be cuddled by that were-tiger. It's, it's way better than the were-tiger picture from 2nd edition. If you go on Lomi and Diddy and look up the were-tiger, it's worse than okay. the were-fox, which I showed Beth before we started recording. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> the tiger titty. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Tiger titties. Um, anyway, werewolves. But yeah, no, you you know, you look at the were tiger and you want to be held in the were tiger's strong arms and uh, I actually I actually do. Know. It looks like a very nice were tiger. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, you know that the were tiger could provide for you and <laughs> whereas you know, g- give you a, a a stable home. Whereas the werewolf you know? is like, I mean, you get on the werewolf's good side, he'll like tiger. beat up anyone who's harassing you. But otherwise, I don't think there's a lot to be to be valued in this werewolf. <laughs> He's, uh, he's yeah, making a horrible you know, like, well, we're t- yeah, the we're- the werewolf's all right to go like out drinking with and stuff like that, because like he gets all the jerks away and stuff. But like, you don't actually want to date the werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, werewolf, <laughs> medium humanoid, human shape changer, chaotic evil, uh, immune to yeah. bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non magical weapons that aren't silvered. Silver is in flavor, so. I feel like for challenge level three, silver weapons are going to be a lot easier to come across than um, magical weapons. But the problem with silver weapons is you can basically only use them for fighting were creatures because you can't use them as normal weapons because silver is not very rigid. That's why people don't just silver all of their weapons. Yeah, yeah. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I've seen the picture for the were tiger for uh, second edition. What the fuck? That is that is that is that no that is it's, a furry really okay that that's a furry it's a furry tiger tits what the hell anyway mm. back onto werewolves so yeah okay um I think in this case we have to presume that the stat block given for the werewolf is a stat block given for NPC werewolves that turn up and obviously if the base yeah. uh, race that the werewolf is is changed you would change things like it has languages yeah. common maybe you want to change that to languages elvish if it's an elf or whatever. We're not yeah. doing the weird AD&D thing where anything that isn't a human that becomes a were-creature dies the first time it tries to transform because that's bollocks. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. What we got? The thing about werewolves is it's like, at challenge level 3, they're perfect for either turning up on their own at low levels or turning up in packs later on. They're really, really good for that, I think. 
Um, so definitely consider doing that with um, werewolves at least. I think were-rats you can get away with it as well if you're going to include those. Were-bears I think are very, yeah. very solitary. There has been a were-bear in a scenario that I wrote, but the players never met her. They completely passed her by. Um, okay, yeah. so... Oh, the werewolf has a... Yeah, although I have confirmed in Two Earth, there is a bar that exclusively caters to were-bear clientele. <laughs> Fucking bars with bears. Is that all Two Earth is? Bear bars. Yeah. Bear um, bars. Yeah. Okay, so the number one annoying thing for werewolves, I think, is the shape-changer ability. Uh, the werewolf can use its action to polymorph into a wolf-humanoid hybrid or into a wolf or back into its true form, which is humanoid. Its statistics, other than its AC, are the same in each form. Any equipment it is wearing or carrying isn't transformed and it returns to its true form if it dies. Any equipment that it is wearing or carrying isn't transformed. Okay, so there's a series of books by uh, Kelly Armstrong which focus, at least in mm -hmm. the first couple and later on, on this, uh, this woman who is the only female werewolf in the, in the world because of yeah. that universe's rules on how were-creatures work. And she frequently complains about the fact that physical items that are on her person, including clothing, are like not transformed when she transforms, so she has to keep remembering where she left them before she transforms. And at one point, one of the other characters suggests <laughs> that she like has a bum bag or fanny pack or whatever you want to call it, that she just like ties around her waist before she transforms and puts all her clothes in. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what I thought of when I, when I yeah. saw this, because I think that's probably the most annoying thing about yeah. um, transforming. I mean, it just, just destroyed a lot of outfits. Like, I've drawn a picture of Jin, like, quite nice clothes, and I'm like, but Jay would never Jay, actually Jay would, wear like, this. would, take those off the moment that painting was finished. Yeah. And be like, I can't like, wear these long term because I would forget. can't wear nice clothes. You can't do it if you're going to be a wear creature because you're always going to forget to Unless take your clothes, nice clothes off. Are, like, really also, sketchy. it takes a whole action, so it would be really awkward and weird anyway. Hmm. Also, there's this sort of, I guess, catharsis about like turning into this giant monster and all of your clothes just like ripping off, and you being like, "Oh no!" One of the fun things about being a were creature is that unless you get a straight upgrade on one of your abilities that isn't normally available to something of your, you know, somebody of your race, which you know, may be the case if if you get something like um, Jay's spider climb at will, or you get a really really good um, stat bonus. But where creatures don't scale, that's the thing. Your stats, yeah. except your AC, don't change when you transform. So you're only really as strong as you would be in a human form. And you get new attacks. You get the bite and claws attack, but they're not honestly that great. Like maybe they're really, really good if you get turned at like level one, especially since you get the stat bonus then. But even then, it's not massively good. I think Jay has poison, which is better. Jay has poison. Well, I feel like <laughs> so I feel Jay's like they player. must do because like um yeah uh, uh Gale had poison ah and like the, the the poison is like the the poison that does all the the transforming and stuff with the curse in it oh because although I I feel I like see. spiders don't really bite unless they're poisonous so Jay would have to have poison no yeah you're right yeah so maybe we can workshop that but yeah okay so you do get keen hearing and smell. The werewolf has advantage on Ugh. wisdom, perception, checks, mm -hmm. that rely on hearing or smell. The hearing thing I don't really get, but the smell thing is common for um, all dog-templated creatures. Yeah. So, although it does look like that's the case for every single 
I think, creature. yeah, the tiger gets it, the uh, sea of the boar gets the, it. The, the boar doesn't get it, but the werebear oh. does, so... Yeah, well, that, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Because I don't know if pigs... Pigs aren't particularly famed for their keen smell. Yes, they are. Um, pigs have a ridiculously good sense of smell. That's really strange. Though. I mean, isn't it? I mean, when you say pig, I don't immediately think amazing smell. I'm like, well, no, they 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 root around and they they smell. Bacon. But that's 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 why they used to find truffles. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. They yeah. Really, really good senses of smell. So it's kind of weird that the board yeah. doesn't have. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck, wizards? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. But yeah, like, the werebore seems to be weird anyway. Uh, one of the good yeah. things is you generally get two forms, two two additional forms. Like you can be like a straight yeah. wolf if you're a werewolf, but you can also yeah. be like the the human wolf hybrid that we kind of think about when yeah. you hear werewolf and that's depicted yeah. in the art. Yeah, I so but Jay doesn't get that. Then Jay can't. I mean, I mean obviously Jay can't turn into an actual spider. That would be really silly because that's. A significant huge, huge, downsize, huge isn't are it? Like a huge spider thing. I feel like maybe they're. Yeah. Second edition did describe a hybrid human spider form. The picture of yeah. it was fucking horrifying, and it had really weird rules <laughs> attached to it. So I just haven't come up with one at this point. But we could totally workshop okay. Jay yeah. having one of those. Yeah, like I'm just sort of wondering, can Jay turn into a drider-like creature? I feel that's which not really would be... how it would work. Like, um, no, yeah, you'd have things like Jay's. Face would probably. Be, I think um, whenever I describe the transformation, Jay's face is one of the things that changes pretty early on. So you would maybe yeah. have like ability to access the poisonous bite without going completely spoda. Yeah. Or stuff like that. Or maybe like generating more like humanoid hands. Or yeah. Something like that. No. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, werewolves. They're a thing. Use lycanthropes because they're really cool. You yeah. Will. Everyone Let me use your own so. judgment as to. Yeah how much a player needs to be punished for being turned into a lycanthrope. Yeah. I mean, Two Earths basically populated with, like, lycanthropes and other, like, you know, this sort this sort of shit, basically. But, the, I mean, it's not really considered... Like, it depends on the culture you come from. It's not always considered mm. a curse. Yeah, I mean, like, Dawn Summer so. has quite a lot of creatures, and I love coming up with new ones for new environments, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really yeah. Yeah, now I want to like I d- I do want to call it like a were bird of some like kind bird, uh, or, or maybe like a were bat. There's a were bat described in yeah. the second edition Monster Mile actually, so you could convert the. Oh convert yeah, the there is that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk okay. about a couple of of spooky things from the second edition Monster Manual, but we're uh, running short on time, so I will shoot through. Um, all right. Yeah. One of the things I really love is the crypt thing. This is. Mm-hmm. Basically, a robed skeleton that will uh, fuck you up, and um, <laughs> it will teleport you away from whatever it's guarding, which can be very, very irritating. Uh, and as its name, as its name uh, suggests, it lives in a crypt. I just really like it because it sounds like exactly the kind of thing that would turn up in like a Hammer horror movie. It's just called Crypt Thing. <laughs> yeah, Crypt yeah. Thing. Um, if you want more explicit horror, then. In the uh, the second edition, Monster Manual also defines a couple of other kinds of things under the uh, the golem um, category. It defines um, dolls, which are either evil teddy bears or basically Chucky. Um, very very scary. Um, really use your own judgment about using those. Also, bone golems, which are like kind of like skeletons, but 
they're just sort of bones put together in a vague skeleton shape and with no real attention paid to the bones being from the same animal or even in the correct arrangement, which can be pretty scary. Uh, the Necrophidius, which is a human skull with fangs on a big giant um, snake skeleton body. Ah, yes. Uh, I've played with those before and they're, they're really fun to do. Um, <laughs> what else do you have? You have... The haunt, which you really have to go into detail about exactly like what it does, but basically it's allowed to um, possess people and get them to do its bidding, which is its whole deal. Uh, the Hyukuva, which is kind of like the crypt thing, but uh, more difficult because it um, sort of disguises itself as like normal humanoids and stuff. Um, so they're, they're another kind of, of restless spirit. And the living wall. This is the thing that I'm kind of disappointed was not like revived for fifth edition. I hope it will be in like one of the next months, yeah. especially if they do like. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I'm disappointed Wendigos aren't in uh, this edition's monster manual. Well, the first one anyway. So we'll get more. Living walls appear to be normal walls of stone or brick, although they radiate both evil magic and magic if detected. A living wall is essentially like your skeleton gets absorbed into the wall, and the wall attacks you with like all of the horrible skeletons and bits of like stripped flesh that are like just embedded in the wall ah. and if you i think if, if you can see through illusions then you can see like all of the skulls and shit in the wall the provided illustration is really uh freaky is it? yeah it might be on lumion but i don't know if yeah, yeah i'm sure it will be just every time i do that i have to um load up fucking lumion and Weird thing about them <laughs> is that they never initiate combat except against their creators because they despise their creators. Uh, possibly because they're like, uh, like every all the creatures included are included against their will, and it's just like a horrible "I have no mouth, but I must scream" kind of deal. So it makes sense that they would attack their creators, but nobody else. Yeah, it's a horrible, horrible fate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's also some like really good uh, stuff in this monster manual about mists, which I won't get into too much, but it's like how you can have a mist that lowers upon a party be like a monster that can harm them. It, it provides like two um, examples about how that can be done, which I think were really, really cool. Uh, phantoms, which are like ghosts, but um, they're kind of like, you know that thing where like ghosts are like movies of somebody getting killed just played over and over again? Ah, yes. Yeah, they're that kind. It's weird that they're even in the second edition monster manual because, like, it says they're not really monsters. They don't have an armor class. They don't have hit dice or a thaco. They don't attack and they can't really be attacked. They can basically only be dispelled. So. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, the giant skeleton, which is not spooky, but which I wanted to talk about just because it's it laboriously explains... That the giant skeleton is not the skeleton of a giant it's a normal human skeleton that has been made giant and it's like this is a really weird thing to specify <laughs> and also like the the inside of their chests are on fire for no particular wow. fucking reason this is just a really ridiculous monster mm -hmm. and it throws fire at you from inside its rib, rib, rib cage <laughs> i love it adnt was off the rails <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope somewhere in all of that incoherent rambling you found something that will help you to um, mm. do some kind of spooky scenario uh, 
either this Halloween, mm. probably not this Halloween to be honest, because you know unless you want to do something soon after this, it's going to be out of out of the season, or another Halloween, or just for the sake of doing something a bit spooky, you know, um, mm. horror scenarios definitely a thing that you could do. Um, I've done one already about Harvest Night. I'm going to do another one about Harvest Night that's very different. It's uh, very soon. I'm gonna, it's going to be like... Mm-hmm. I might have said this earlier in the episode. Um, I, I, I was thinking, do I want it to be more amnesia or doom? And I eventually settled on, I kind of want it to be more Doctor Who. <laughs> or maybe Torchwood, actually. You know, just to be yeah. a bit more frightening. That kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm hoping it will go down very well. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I do. I do want to say this though. Uh, I, briefly, I just want to talk about Tarasks a oh, little yeah. bit. And I figured out an awesome way to fight Tarasks, Jaegers. Right? Look, if your law supports them, just do the plot of Pacific yeah. Rim. I mean, it wouldn't work in the current Two Earth game because, like. Pretty much nobody in that party is drift compatible. <laughs> they all fucking no, hate yeah, each other yeah, and they're right, lying yeah. to each other and yeah. they're just really distrustful. Yeah, yeah, she's good. I like it. <laughs> will will they ever be friends in Tua? Maybe, maybe. I do I don't wonder. Know. Asriel will have maybe. to like start trusting them, and yeah. I don't know about the others. Maybe they also will have to like yeah. get past some shit before that can happen. Who knows? We will keep you updated if that happens. Until then, yeah. I have been Until Alex. Then. And I've been and Beth. And this has been House of Bards. You can contact me on Twitter and Tumblr as Cleaver Crumish. I will write how you spell that in the description. And Beth is... Baroness Bath on Twitter and uh, on Tumblr. You can Tumblr. use the hashtag House of Bards. Um, that is all one word on Twitter, but anywhere that will allow you to put multiple um, and- like words, put multiple, multiple words as spaces. So if you have any feedback for us, any ideas for topics, although we have a few in the um Yeah. Yeah, we we we, we add to the, right the Google now. Doc now. But yeah. Although and again, if you have anything to um you've made anything for us or something, or even if you just want to say something, that's cool too. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh the album art is whatever the album art is. Um the album is yeah, the I album maybe come across and... like some things, but there's probably like a whole load of like hammer horror um, stills in Wikimedia, so I can, mm. if I can get Christopher Lee as Dracula, I will do Christopher Lee as Dracula. I promise you, I would not deprive you of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And yeah, we are. Uh, if you have a suggestion for us, please do post it below or send it to one of us on Twitter or Tumblr or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you.